This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. to the short shot episode of Hey Bartender Podcast. This is Wednesday. It's only going to be a short one, and then I'm going to go home. Doesn't that sound familiar to anybody? So, how's everybody doing tonight? Oh, it's been a long week. It's been, you know, things are starting to look up again for the restaurant industry. I'm glad to see that restaurants are uh, coming back in order, but a lot of restaurants out there still need help. Uh, a lot of you guys I know still need help, so get out there and advertise your bar, restaurant. Hell, come on to my show and advertise your bar and restaurant. I'd love to have you guys on here, even just for a soundbite. It would be awesome. But let's get started with the show, and we always start the show with a drink special. Let, uh, let's let see, what do we got for you? This one comes from the Garnish Guy. This one is peanut butter and uh, PB Bramble is what he calls it. I hope I haven't used this one before, but uh, it came up on my list of drinks that I have here. Uh, the garnish guy says peanut butter and jelly sandwiches is how he survived college. Fast forward 10 years. Peanut butter cocktails is how he survived his adulthood. If you haven't tried screwball whiskey, well, it's an explosion of flavors. Now adding nutty notes to your cocktails phrasing got way easier. Enjoy. Now how you make the PB Bramble is one and a half ounces of screwball peanut butter whiskey. One half ounce of green chartreuse, one half ounce of lemon juice, five muddled blackberries, top off with soda water. Now, I'm a big fan of peanut butter and jelly. I've been eating it as far as back as I can remember. I think the last time I ate one was probably last night. So that sounds like a drink that I'd be all over. Peanut butter and jelly always saves the day. It's how we all live and survive. Unless you've got a peanut allergy, then I suggest you stay away from it. But... Uh, go and try the PB Bramble. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'd love to hear your input on some of this stuff. Just email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Uh, just a quick reminder, though, sponsor for the show is bartendersowncoffee.com. You can go to bartendersowncoffee.com and choose from their wide selection of different coffee blends that they've got. They've got French roasts. They've got breakfast blends, house blends, dark blends, light blends, just go and check it out. Find something you like. They've even got them in K-cups. You can also choose from various accessories. They've got a few coffee cups that you can choose from. And even if you are into uh, really cool coffee makers or espresso machines, you can check that out too. Remember, go to bartendersowncoffee.com today. So anyway, today uh, we're going to get into the show here. You know, let's let's get a little dark here since this is just a quick episode. Now, I uh, was cruising around the uh, Instagram and or maybe it was well, one of the social medias, and somebody said that it's death threat season. Okay, uh, well, yeah, of course it's death threat season. Everybody's uh, doesn't know how to act in public anymore, so everybody thinks that they need to be served first. They uh, they don't. Uh, they're more important than anybody else. And especially when it comes to, uh, uh, looking down on bartenders and servers. Now I've heard some great stories of people going back to work, getting back behind the bar and their customers come in 
and treat them like gold. God bless them, you know, because uh, a lot of bartenders and servers have been out of work for a long time, and it's about time they got a little bit more respect uh, out there because we are the people that handle your food, and uh, we and you want to make sure to respect this because we are the people that handle your food. So, anyway, I was uh, cruising around, and I ran across this posting, uh, if I can find it right away, probably not, um, that uh, this guy was nervous about cutting off regular customers uh, because they tend to get a little violent. They tend to, um, you know, think, what, you're going to cut me off? I know the, uh, I know the owner or I've been coming here for so long. I've, uh, you know, whatever other fucked up reasons they can think of to deserve not to be cut off. These people aren't, uh, just don't realize that we're not cutting them off just because they're a schmuck. It becomes part of the reason, but we're cutting them off for their safety. And we want them to go home safe so they can come back tomorrow. And that's, uh, that's something that customers just can't get, wrap their hands around, uh, wrap their head around. They probably try with their hands first. Uh, I'm just trying to cover for that mistake that I just said. But anyway, the, uh, you know, customers get a little snobby and especially, uh, in the age of the Karen or the, uh, Brian, you know, cause, cause fucking Karen or fucking Brian, uh, you know, if anybody out there who's actually a nice person that, uh, actually has the name Karen or Brian, I'm going to sit here and apologize to you right away because it's unfortunate. You have now have a name that is a hashtag for bad people, dicks. Yeah. So, but, uh, uh, Scotty McKay on uh, fraternal order of bartenders, he wrote, he posted this. How often do you get death threats behind the bar, especially over cutting someone off or asking someone to close their tab? People are sad and pathetic because they can't handle their liquor. I'm looking at at least once a month, I get a death threat or told to watch my back when I'm not behind the bar. That is common with all of us. Uh, I can't, you know, if you're a bartender that hasn't uh, had a death threat on you, you're not trying hard enough. Uh, you're, you're probably succumbing to every wish that every one of your customers is doing, and you're putting them in extreme danger, especially when it's going home. You can't just assume that they're going to take a cab. You can't just, uh, you know, keep serving them because you're afraid of them. No, you got to build build up a skin, you know, build up that thick skin. You got to realize that not only are they taking their lives in their hands, but they are also taking your livelihood. And which also comes along with another bartender that uh, said that the new guy, uh, I guess uh, the new guy served one guy, didn't necessarily overserve him, but the guy got in a car accident on the way home and uh, unfortunately died. And now the, uh, the new bartender who's never bartended before is completely freaking out. She said, maybe I overserved him. It, you know, it's my fault. This, this person lost their life because I overserved him. You can't think too hard into it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of factors that are involved. Uh, I've known people, unfortunately, in my past that have died in uh, drunk driving accidents or been critically injured 
and aren't the same ever since their dri- uh, drunk driving accident. And I, it's heartbreaking, uh, especially if you know the person. But the last thing that I remember thinking about is my job. Uh, I was actually worried about the customer uh, or the friend. And, uh, you know, I, you know, and I did overthink a lot of the times, you know, uh, oh my God, um, it, maybe it was something I did. You can't really put, uh, put yourself in that kind of line of thought because you will end up driving yourself completely insane. Yes, you served him, but you don't know where he went afterwards or they went afterwards. You don't know what they did afterwards. You don't know what they did before. There, uh, one customer, uh, I served only two drinks, but they had been up for 48 hours, a uh, truck driver, and uh, he got in a bad car accident, and but he was fine, but the, uh, but the person he hit was not, um, un- unfortunately. And the only repercussions that I received from that were that uh, uh, the Liquor Control Commission for the area was watching my bar like a hawk. They were because he said uh, immediately when the cops interviewed him, he said, "Where did you come from?" And he said, "Well, I just came. I, I only had a couple drinks over at that bar over there." And he didn't mention that he'd been up for forty-eight hours. He didn't mention that he was buzzing on energy drinks, five-hour energy, uh, and coffee. And was using uh, a couple beers to uh, wind himself down. No, he failed to mention any of that stuff. He just said that I'd been drinking over at that bar over there. So, Liquor Control Commission, they uh, didn't come to interview me about the accident because I didn't know about it. But they did send in a sting to make sure that I was uh, checking IDs. And I was because the shit bar that I was working at at the time didn't get many customers. And so it, it became checking ideas out of sheer boredom. You know, it's like this guy that was clearly in his fifties. I just say, can I see your ID? And he'd look at me and go, you're kidding, right? And I said, no, I need to check all of them. And luckily we had one of those ID scanners just, uh, and told him that it was like a log that he had been there. And for some reason, he bought that. Nowadays, I don't think people would buy that. They would think that was some kind of low jacking or something like that. Government's tracking my drinking. But, uh, you know, he, uh, but, and, but it was easier on uh, ladies, most of the ladies, because I'd say, can I see your ID? And then they'd be a little flattered that I thought they, they looked like that they were in their 20s. But uh, not always easy, but, but that was, Nine times out of ten, that was the case. Uh, but you're take you're watching over your customers. You are you want to make sure that they can come back and enjoy the, uh, enjoy your bar, and you want to make sure that you can go home safe. Now, um, here's a couple uh, things that I remember. Uh, a couple more things that I remember. Now, I've been threatened behind the bar number of times. And it's, uh, uh, there's been a number of guys, the typical thing when the guy is just a little happy and, uh, I say something smart ass to him or, uh, uh, he gets shut down and I laugh at him and then he goes, Hey, 
you want to step outside? And I look at him right in the eye and I go, I don't need a blowjob right now. Thanks anyway. And everybody else laughs at him. And uh, I have to sit and kind of wonder, okay, maybe he's going to wait for me to get off work tonight. But I didn't have anything to worry about. The guy had to wake up at like six in the morning to go to work. Um, and, but you know, the, I would kind of just try to diffuse these situations, stay behind the bar. That's the big thing because they can't come behind the bar in most areas. I've heard this. If a customer comes behind your bar, that is private property and you can legally kill them. I don't suggest you do it, but keep that in mind. If you're, if things are going a little bit out of hand and, uh, but Every once in a while, you get those guys, especially the ones that are uh, were having a bad night to begin with. And you know, there's these two guys came in from a different bar, and they went through my bouncers, and they had proper ID. And but I didn't, uh, according to my bouncers, they had proper ID. But uh, the I'm getting phone calls here, and it's interrupting the fuck out of me. Um. But uh, when they came up to me, I wasn't sure. I looked at them and I, because uh, my bouncers, you know, they were a little overwhelmed. It was late at night. People were all uh, congregating at my bar because it was uh, open the latest. So I said, can I see your IDs? And then all of a sudden, the guy that was about 6'4", I'm 5'9", um, the guy was 6'4", stands up and says, I want a fucking beer. And I just threw his money back at him and I said, get out. I'm not putting up with this tonight. Just leave. And as he's going out, he's uh, threatening everybody because he he bumped into other people. He And then all of a sudden that pissed him off and off comes the shirt. It was a tacky Hawaiian shirt anyway, but uh, he had to show his alpha male muscles. And his friend was embarrassed as shit. I guess his friend was probably designated driver because his friend looked sober. The six foot four guy, uh, he looked like he'd uh, probably had a little bit too much to drink. Face was really red, uh, probably angry about something. That's why they came uh, from the other bar. That's why they came over to mine. And But I'm not going to have that kind of attitude in my bar. No way. It brings everybody down. Shit. I want people to have fun in my bar. I want everybody to get laid. But uh, it's tough to get laid when you have a black guy or you're in the hospital or you're in jail. Uh, so I got rid of those guys as fast as possible. And on his way out, like I said, he uh, tore off his Hawaiian shirt and you know said, come on, let's do this right now. And I was just like, oh, Christ. Now that, in some cases, would uh, warrant me to call the cops because... He's going to be on the road. He's uh, not in the right mindset, and he could get uh, get hurt or uh, get somebody else hurt. Uh, I think his friend pretty much uh, assured me that he was driving, and uh, he was just going to take him home. And I said, "All right, cool. Uh, sorry, uh, you know." And then he apologized. Sorry about the mess and all that crap. And so we just let him go. But that guy, he wanted to fight everybody in my bar, and. Uh, I wasn't going to put up with that. So, you know, get out and uh, keep it up. You don't come back. And, and the funny thing, like I've told you in other podcasts, I, I was friends with all the bar, main bartenders in that town except for the bar across the street. All I had to do was make a call to 
my friend Barb at Boston's next door and say, okay, there's these guys. One is really angry, looking for a fight, and the other guy is trying his hardest to keep him calm. And Barb's like, okay, cool, thanks. Uh, thanks for the heads up. And Barb would do the same for me. And uh, Barb even uh, called me, okay, there's this guy. He's threatening everybody in the bar. Keep an eye out for him. He's wearing whatever, and he looks like this. And, okay, thanks for the heads up. I'll keep an eye out. Hang up the phone. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you got to, you bartenders, we're all cut from the same cloth. We got to all help each other out. But uh, one of the uh, one of the times that I remember that me personally being threatened, uh, uh, there was this hippie group that came into the bar. Now I kind of figured these guys were going to be a little bit of trouble to begin with. Uh, I didn't judge them, oddly enough, that they paid for their six dollar pitcher with a single and loose change. I, I didn't judge them that I didn't judge them that they didn't tip me just because I saw it was a single and some loose change that added up to $6. And, uh, I knew I wasn't going to get a tip out of it, but I didn't care. It was early in the shift. Uh, I had plenty of time to make money for the rest of the night. Plus it was new year's Eve. And so big money night for bartenders. Come on. We all agree on that. My, uh, boss at the time had arranged that we have a big New Year's Eve party. And uh, she brought in a band. We had food specials, drink specials. And that all started up at about six, uh, six or seven o'clock. And, uh, but the thing was, my boss also threw in a cover charge to get in, you know, which gave you a deal on uh, the prime rib or fish and chips. It gave you a, a couple drink tickets and it paid for the band. It paid, uh, it paid for all the employees being there because all the employees had to show up that night. Cause we were anticipating being extremely busy, which we were. And, uh, so she should not uh, charge a cover charge, but the, uh, but the first thing was they had, she decided to get everybody out of the bar who hadn't already paid a cover charge and uh, either that or they paid the cover charge and then they got to stay. Well, one of them kind of took it a little bad. Cause it's, well, it was those guys. I'm, I'm just going to call them hippies cause they uh, all dressed uh, like in clothes that looked like they came from a garage sale. Some of them were missing teeth and they were in the middle of this clapping circle thing uh, one of them came up to me and asked me for the good pool cues. And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, I know you guys keep good pool cues behind the, uh, behind the bar. I want to use them. And I said, well, we do have pool cues behind the bar, but they belong to people. I can't let you use those. And that upset him a little bit that he had to use the, uh, uh the regular bar cues. And I was just like, eh, deal with it. But when the boss had the bouncer go around and say, uh, I'm sorry, we're hosting a party tonight. Uh, unless you come up with a, uh, to pay for the cover, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And immediately the ugliest one came up to me and said, fuck you. And I said, no, 
and that confused the shit out of him. And they all they all left and swore up and down they would never come back to our bar ever again. And my uh, one of uh, the owner was the kind of dick where he didn't want a certain clientele in his bar. So hippies, Harley riders, uh, he had no problem with kicking them out. He was just one of those kind of guys. And, you know, hippies, yeah, they're always broke uh, and they smell bad. But, uh, you know, the I just never got used to patchouli. And, uh, but Harley riders, they'll take care of your bar. If they love your bar, they will take care of you. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Harley riders are the intimidating guys. Everybody probably ever since that nightmare at Altamont, they sit back and think that Harley riders are there to pick a fight. God, no. If the bar, t- if the bikers love your bar, they will protect it as if they're, it's their own home. Probably, probably better than if it's their own home. It's, uh, you know, kind of cool. I've told you before where a guy tried to pick a fight with me and all I, I was pretty sure all I had to do was turn around and go, Pat, kill. And, it, uh, the guy would have been dead. And, but you know, I didn't, I didn't give him the, the code word to go at it. And, but he was there at my back, ready, uh, ready to, to help defend me if I was gotten any trouble, but you know, uh, life-threatening moments, nine times out of 10, I'll, I think I'll go on record by saying nine times out of 10, the person will get bored with the idea. They will not wait for you, but that's why you, uh, when you leave the bar, you try to leave in groups. If you realize that you're closing the bar by yourself, you might want to keep one friend handy. Uh, like I, like I told you before, my cook used to hang out with me after work. I'd hang out with my friend Shannon until her shift was done. Uh, Nobody wanted to mess with Barb. She's ba- uh, she was a badass. Well, we we used to hang around uh, af- at the end of her shift, but we always left in groups. That uh, and that was just safer that way. And uh, that's how you protect yourself from death threats. That's the easiest way to do it. That you don't, you know, by all means, uh, you know, just let's get over this whole videotaping the threat thing. Put down your fucking cell phone unless you're uh, ready to call the cops. Don't say, oh my God, this guy's threatening to kill me. I better take out my cell phone and videotape this so I have proof. (laughs) No, no, let's not do that. Um, You know, protect yourself so you can uh, go to your family. Uh, I don't suggest weapons. I don't suggest you carry a knife. I don't uh, suggest you carry a gun uh, or a billy club of some kind. Um and I, I, and I'm pro, uh, pro gun, pro knife, pro billy club, pro samurai sword. Uh, but, uh, uh, the best thing that you can keep on yourself is your car keys. Believe it or not, bartenders, uh, the, uh take this lesson. This is your bar. This is your bartender speaking. If you keep your car keys in your hand and put the keys through uh through your fingers you have got a very deadly and legal weapon yeah you know it's people don't automatically think he's got a gun oh my god and then you got all of a sudden you protesters and uh all of the big mess uh i guarantee you one punch to the face you might hit him in the eye you might scratch up his face that person will probably change their mind on their life's decision at that point but if you feel like care, uh, comfortable 
uh, that you will use it responsibly, a gun, a club, or a knife, carry it if it makes you feel good. But I don't suggest it because there's too much chance that it can be taken away from you. There's uh, like uh, somebody can take a knife away from you if you're not using it properly. Uh, You try to shoot somebody, not only will it possibly, uh, let's say you hit your target, but if you're too close or you're using a particularly good round, it could go through something else or someone else. Uh, uh, If you miss, what's it going to hit? Swords, a little cumbersome. Uh, I've always had this feeling that if uh, somebody were to approach me and I had a sword with me, I would go into this whole, they told me you would come. The prophecy is complete. There can be only one, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't, that's just a joke in my head. I think, uh, I don't think I would do that. Carrying a sword where, where I'm from right, right now, I guess it is legal to carry a sword around here, but I don't know about other States. Check your local laws. Anyway, well, let's get ready to wrap up this uh, quick shot episode. Uh, first of all, I want to thank a bunch of people. Um, so uh, I did, on Instagram, I decided to post on my story. Ask me a question. Ask me anything. I don't care. Uh, I got a question from or somebody uh, from Boogie Lives, a uh, good buddy of the show. You hear him uh, come up every now and then. He asked me, if I die, can I have some of your cool stuff? You know, Boogie, uh, unfortunately, uh, my stuff has already uh, been uh, being donated to the foundation of guys who act stupid around pretty women. And the numbers are huge. So they're going to need all they can get. Uh, Boogie also asked me if I have any siblings. Yes. Um, Mr. Derek Jackson on Instagram just said hi. Not a very good question, but... Uh, I just responded, what's going on? Uh, uh, Two Sticks Curse 8 asked me how to turn a girl into a simp. Uh, truth being told, ladies and gentlemen, I had to look up what a simp was. Uh, I guess the definition of a simp is a person that will do, say, or pay for anything in order to keep somebody in their lives somehow. Uh, truth being told, uh, Two Sticks Curse 8 If I ever find out, I'll let you know. So, anyway, people, it is last call. Last call for alcohol. Uh, uh, Everything's limited right now just because I don't have much liquor in my house. So, uh, you know, take what you can. Um, Once again, thank you to the people that participated in the question on Instagram. Um, You know, thank you for all the listeners and all the likes on Instagram and Facebook. You guys make me feel good. Uh, once again, thank you, uh, bartenderzonecoffee.com for sponsoring the show. Uh, if go check them out and check out their selection of coffee and selection of coffee accessories, uh, they're really cool place and they got also got a uh, selection of K cups. Go check out bartenderzonecoffee.com. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com is the email. You can also reach me on Facebook and Instagram. Both are Hey Bartender Podcast. Join in. Have some fun with me. Uh, I post goofy memes all the time. Um, Oh, let's see. Uh, Catch up with uh, Hey Bartender Podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, 
hey, I just joined uh, Amazon Podcasts today. Isn't that cool? So if uh, you can probably ask Alexa right now, go, Alexa, play Hey Bartender Podcast, and she'll probably respond. Uh, uh, so anyway, yeah, I guess that's the end of this show. So I hope you all had a good time, and I will talk to you all Saturday. But until then, lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go?